Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and salutations. This is your Hemp Aware host, Tyler Hemp. We uh, deeply appreciate you tuning in and getting educated and empowered with the most knowledge, information, and from hemp artists, pioneers, and farmers, all hours guest health hemp innovation history hemp lip and hemp for more than influential world-class lasting organizations and brands to the market that not only provide quality products and services with honorable ethics and core values but they're seriously changing the economy with hemp Dion has been in the cannabis and hemp industry since 1991. He's the creator of the Cannabis College of Amsterdam, which I've been to at least three times, by the way. And he's also the creator of the first hemp store in Amsterdam over 20 years ago called Cannabis in Amsterdam, where they offered hemp clothing. Uh, He's done major hemp fashion shows, as well as having worked with Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps for 14 years. And he's now spreading a few crucial, or spearheading a few, um, one of, if not the number one cannabis investment company in the world. Uh, Dion is truly an exemplary entrepreneur and someone who stands up for and lives for what he believes to be the solution, as do I, for our food, shelter, clothing, energy, medicine, and is just on the forefront of this amazing movement. It's an honor and a privilege to have him on today's show. I'm just uh, waiting for him to call in any minute here. Uh, but before for the first time over, and uh, we were having a little conversation, and when he uh, said, I mentioned that I was, you know, uh, had been to the Cannabis College of Amsterdam and, and, uh, he said, well, I'm the, I'm the creator of it. It just, my, my jaw dropped. I was so thankful and, uh, honored to meet him in person. So now it's an honor and a privilege to have him on today's show. Hey, uh, Dion, thanks for so much uh, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Right on. So I gave a little introduction while you were. Uh... Hello. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Uh, now I can. You went out there for a second. Okay. So hopefully we can uh, keep our good connection here. Um, but today's show, you know, I'd, I'd really like to to dive into your history. You know how you got into the hemp world, uh, what inspired you, and uh, and then we can get into more, you know, the nitty gritty of what you're up to today. But I'd love to, uh, you know, I kind of get an introduction of your history as you know being the creator of the cannabis in Amsterdam store. You're the creator of the Cannabis College of Amsterdam. Uh, you've invested in some really amazing companies and. General Hemp is, is now the name of your company now. Uh, but before we get into today, tell us a little bit about your history. What initially inspired you to get into the hemp movement? 
Well, uh, I've been in the hip movement about 25 years. Um, I guess what uh, got me into it was really the the truth of the plan itself. I was uh, in college uh, studying for political science at uh, San Diego State and looking for, you know, a subject that uh, I could write my senior thesis about. And the more I found out about cannabis, the more I found out there was about cannabis, you know, it could be all these things. And especially back then and now, the war we have against this plant, it just uh, didn't make sense to me. So the more I looked into it for my research, the more I found out about it. And, you know, I, I saw it as a solution to so many problems and, you know, using my energy for sort of the best I could, you know, be for changing the world for the better, I thought it was smart uh, to work on cannabis. I completely agree. I have a very similar story and and feel that our our visions and and mission are very harmonious. And, um, you know, being that you're in the field of investments and you've come through so many different industries, as it relates to hemp, uh, you know, both cannabis as well as industrial hemp. And um, I thought it would be fun to, as you know, I'm a a lover of words, and I appreciate the power of words. Uh, I thought to share the word economics, which you may know, if you break it down, eco uh, comes from the Greek word uh, home or house. And nomics, like economics or nomics, comes from the word numbers for accounting or management. So essentially, economy or economics is really the management of our home. And all know, we don't just live in a house. We live here on the planet, and so the earth is our home. And that's why in school it's called home economics. And I know that we both feel, you know, that the most essential solution and ideal solution for our home and economics, and so that's why I'm so excited to have you on today's show. You see the the value of hemp as not only you know a financial viability to transform our economy, uh, you know for the economics of it or the financial aspect, but also for the health benefits of it. Um, so I'm I'm curious, you know, what are some of the most exciting? You've done so many things in the hemp world. What were and what are some of the most exciting or you know things that you were most inspired about to work with in the hemp field or maybe you're doing today? Well, I would actually uh, say today is the most uh, exciting time because um, all the things we've uh, talked about or theorized over the years we're actually implementing now or you know starting and it's you know, even greater than what we've been saying all these years. So it's kind of like we've been uh, sort of poo-pooed by uh, outsiders or other people saying that we were exaggerating some of the things that cannabis can be. And lo and behold, we're finding out that we were understating really the <laughs> when it comes to, you know, things like uh, cannabis being the best battery I mean, that is like one of the most amazing things 
And I think we're just scratching the surface of, you know, all the possible things that cannabis can be. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I, I mean, I, I first heard about hemp, you know, when I was in my early teens, I knew about twine. And I've heard you tell the story when you first got involved, the only thing you could buy was a piece of hemp rope or twine. You just put it around your neck and you were walking around showing people. But now, like you said, look at BMWs putting hemp fiber composites in their cars. We've got people innovating hemp batteries. We've got hemp houses being erected. It, it's truly a miracle to see the manifestation of this plant coming into our our world. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm curious, what is your vision for the United States hemp industry and, and also the global hemp industry? Where do you see it going in the next five to ten years? Well, uh, I guess with not trying to over-exaggerate, I see us taking over the world. I mean, I think uh, it'll, it's more debatable, you know, what can't cannabis be? And beyond glass, I don't know too many things that cannabis can't be. And for me, this whole time, uh, uh, the whole sort of revolution um, with the whole process, it's really ultimately like back to the political science level where I got into it in the beginning, it's it's more it creates a society that's more equal and more egalitarian and gives the power to the farmers. And uh, mm-hmm. so I see you know this world revolution happening that the world needs, um, you know, giving the power to the farmer, to the individuals, to the communities rather than, you know, pushing the power to uh, in the hands of a few people that sort of manipulate us and take advantage of us. So ultimately, that's hopefully, you know, this world will be creating. I completely agree. And it's people like you that I I feel so much hope and, and faith that it is going to work out to the to the greatest advantage for the whole. And I have heard the expression that even if we distributed all the wealth or if all the wealth in the world was distributed to all, you know, 7 billion people, that within a very short period of time, because of, you know, the mentality of finances or the mentality of wealth, most of the the wealth would go back to in five to 10 years, all of the people that know how to collect it or how to manage that, that financial um, you know, material or, or wealth. Um, and being that you're in the investment industry uh, of cannabis, I'd love to learn a little bit from you as to what do you look for in a company that you're going to invest in? What are some of the key principles or some of the uh, things that you look for before investing in a hemp company? Well, um, I think the biggest thing is the people behind it. Um, you know, to a certain degree, most things are equal. Let's say, you know, cannabis is what it is. You know, society is what it is. Um, It's really the people that uh, are the big difference, you know, Uh, their ethics, their ability, you know, their ability to perform, their ability to, uh, you know, work with others, 
you know, I've seen so many businesses come and go over the years. Um, and, you know, it basically all, always boils down to the people behind it that, you know, really, for the most part, you know, proves whether there's success or not. You know, people need a sort of fortitude to fight through and be strong and, you know, be smart. And I've seen a lot of successful situations disintegrate just because the people behind it, for one reason or another, couldn't get along. And like in the cannabis world, we see this often in the past, um, you know, with people who get together with growing, for example, you know, maybe two or three people get together and they all have certain abilities, but then it just breaks down with, uh, yeah, with different, you know, characteristics that, you know, people get bent out of shape if they're only watering twice and the other guys weren't watering four times. And so then, you know, it's kind of the same thing, but on a bigger scale with a bigger business, you know, it, it boils down really, I think, to the people. To the attitude and to the characteristics of the people that are doing doing the project. Yeah, and their ability, you know, their experience, you know, to mm-hmm. get things done. And, you know, Knowledge. there's give and take. Most certainly. So, so that's a great insight. It's not just about do they have the knowledge, but do they have the right attitude? Do they have the skills? Do they have the experience? And so I'm curious, what what platforms or what systems have you found are essential to success? I mean, let's say, let's say a group of people, they've got the right team. Everybody's really good at what they do. They've got the skill sets. They've got the right attitude. They've got the courage to do what it takes to take risks and, and to keep trotting through. What type of systems have you observed are essential to, to, to continue and keep that success organized? Well, I think the biggest thing uh, I find in business is uh, communication and planning and execution. You know, if any of those things break down, then, you know, you, you don't see the same kinds of success. But it's interesting in the whole cannabis uh, evolution if you look at different companies, there's all kinds of, say, theoretical ways uh, you can sort of do business. Like I like to point to, uh, out of Canada, the difference between Manitoba uh, and, say, uh, Hemp Oil Canada. You know, they're mm-hmm. like similar companies, but they've got a sort of different way that they've built themselves up. And both are valid, but... You know, again, it's the people behind it. You know, with Hemp Oil Canada, you have one strong person in Sean Crew who really Mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, basically getting everything done. But in an opposite model, in a way, was Manitoba, who did it more cooperatively and, you know, more with their ability to bring people together and work together. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, so you're saying either way could be su- successful. It's just a matter of what works best for your for your operation. It could be a big team of people that kind of the 
the leadership is spread out or it could be concentrated to where one person's kind of the leader of the pack. Right. And the, yeah, so then then the then you go back to, you know, basically it's the people behind it that, you know, prove to be successful, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Awesome. So, <clears throat> you know, as we mentioned, there's so many different things that could be produced out of hemp. We've got hemp energy cells, batteries, hemp fiber composites. What do you see as being a, a product that is a universal product that anybody could use? And let's say when they use it, they have no idea that it's hemp. What's a product that you see could be kind of like that that flagship hemp product that when you hand it to somebody, like let's just say, you know, a Republican, um, just as an example, some person that's completely against cannabis, they're not open to listening to it, but when they use this product, they go, wow, this is an awesome product, and they use it for 10 minutes, and then after you say, yeah, and it's hemp. What what would be a, a, a good example of a product that somebody might be able to develop that could be that product? Well, my favorite, and I think uh, kind of universal that if you want to be successful is hemp food. So I would take hemp milk and say, like, that would be my, or even better, hemp ice cream. Like, say, hemp chocolate mm -hmm. ice cream. You know, mm -hmm. there's a, Pacific has a hemp chocolate milk that I, to me is the best product in the whole you know, hemp world, and I've never met someone who didn't like it, you know. So wow. I really, and the thing for me, too, like the food is, uh, you know, something everyone needs every day, whereas like, say, car parts or, you know, even clothes to a certain degree, it's a little bit abstract and you need a little bit more thinking to appreciate it. Uh, whereas, you know, hemp food, the food is probably, you know, the biggest problem that we're facing on the planet. So mm -hmm. if we could, you know, just make a dent into the whole bad patterns that we've developed, I think for me, yeah, the hemp milk is the one that I think you could pretty much give anyone and if they didn't, you know, know what it was and then you told them after, they would probably be surprised. Right. That's a great idea. And from an investment uh, perspective, you're, you're saying not only uh, is it something that's a consumable product, so it's something people will buy on a weekly basis, but it's it's something that is also going to raise awareness about the quality and integrity of our foods. Where are they coming from? How are they being grown? Are they being grown organically or with pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and larvicides and with GMO seeds? But with hemp, you're saying, you know, not only does it have the proteins and the essential fatty acids and the minerals, but it's also a, a, a tool to teach people, look, you know, this is a, a gateway product into not just food, but all these other things. So I love that. I, I'm going to utilize that in my, in my education uh, and marketing, um, which kind of brings me to the next topic. I'd love to discuss a little bit more about your vision um, for the international uh, cannabis university. Tell us more about that and, and what you guys are up to. 
Well, that's kind of been my uh, lifelong project that I started back in, uh, you know, Amsterdam. As we probably all people who look into the subject, you know, in a short time will realize that, you know, this is really just an education campaign that we need to conduct. And once people know uh, the difference and know the power of cannabis, that they would make the wise choice because it's a, you know, it's a choice for their own benefit, really. And so it's sort of been my way of being organized and serious and sort of academic with facts that I tried have tried over the years to get across to people. And, you know, my life has been a little bit chaotic, so I haven't been able to really do as much as I've wanted to. But now with, uh, you know, the most important event in history coming up next year with our uh, chance to legalize cannabis in California, I, th- I feel morally obligated to try my hardest to get, you know, this campaign going again of education. And Mm -hmm. next Saturday, I'm having my first class in a while in Tijuana, and we're doing a hemp construction class all day on Saturday the 24th. And, uh, yeah, I hope to start having them every few weeks, to every week by the time the campaign is around by this time next year. Wonderful. I would love to discuss with you what we could do together with Hemp Aware because obviously, you know, I've been in the hemp industry for 14 years now and when my grandmother first showed me hemp protein powder, you know, before that I knew about hemp twine and I also knew about cannabis as, you know, a recreational herb or medicinal But the second that she showed me hemp protein powder, I knew why I was on this planet. I I put a little bit of almond milk with it, and it was from a company called Living Harvest, um, which I now am working with the original founder still, you know, distributing bulk hemp foods. Uh, But my passion was the education, just like you. And and so I, you know, immediately packed my bags by the time I was 20, and uh, I went to Europe, France, Germany, England, you know, Netherlands, and and just started absorbing and soaking up as much knowledge and information and meeting entrepreneurs and educators, you know, like yourself. And uh, I'm amazed that it took so long for us to meet. You know, we met for the first time in Kentucky a couple weeks ago, which was just a blessing and an honor. I feel so privileged to have connected with you. Um, But we have um, a project up here in Northern California, which I'd love to discuss with you a little bit further. I've I've got a friend, uh, Jimmy Limo, who owns 40 acres of property in the town of Weed in California, and he wants to build a hemp amphitheater, uh, or a hempitheater is what we're going to call it, where it's you know an ed- not only educational but obviously for music and plays, um, uh, and it's right in Weed, so it, it could be a, a perfect little spot for you know doing uh, programs or doing educational workshops. So I, I'd love to discuss that with you maybe at an- another time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. Uh, you know, basically, you know, this is a campaign that needs to happen as soon as possible and around the world. And I love, you know, again, that this evolution of the revolution is happening. And, you know, it's not happening quick enough for us, but 
I'm I'm glad to see it happen, and we need you know these sort of education centers and examples everywhere. Exactly, and and that reminds me, you know, one other project that's I'm I'm working on at the moment. A, a friend of mine, he owns several buildings, um, not only in Weed, California, but also near the Mount Shasta area, and he owns a hotel. Uh, he's very eco-friendly minded. Um, <clears throat> you know, he really appreciates. Uh, the plant-based lifestyle and, and eco-friendly products and, and also knowledge and education. Uh, and he wants to turn one of the rooms in his hotel into a hemp room where it's, you know, a hemp library room where we have hemp books and all the examples of the, you know, different hemp items. So um, I would love to have you as one of our educators and, and maybe work together on that. Um, but back to hemp as a business, hemp investments, we've got about five minutes left. I'd love to hear two questions. My first question is, what are some of the foundational principles that you live by to, to have a successful business or just in general, what are some of your life principles that you live by? Maybe, you know, three principles that you um, apply on a daily basis for your success. Uh, well, I don't know. Have to think about that one. I guess um, you know. I suppose discipline is uh, a big one. You know, you got to be, you know, disciplined, and uh, you know, I guess another one would be sort of have a uh, you know long term vision and a long term strategy. You know, I kind of it seems I'm always wanting to get things done and like are anxious and I sort of approach things like at a, like a sprinter mentality where I would be like, okay, I'll get this done real quick and I'll sprint it out and it'll be over. Whereas you know, reality is more, you know, it's like a marathon and you, mm -hmm. you know, you just sort of uh, prepare that way and, you know, mm -hmm. have a long-term strategy. Um, so, and then, you know, I'd say the third would, you know, true to yourself because, you know, you're going to face a lot of hurdles and, uh, you know, obstacles and, you know, people naysaying constantly, even from, you know, the cannabis world. So I think, you know, you have to be open, but at the same time, you have to be, uh, you know, sort of headstrong to get through, you know, all the obstacles that we face all the time. Exactly. It, it, it's, you're not going to just build something overnight. You're absolutely right. And I really appreciate that. Discipline was your first principle, you know, having that persistence and continually waking up every day and chipping away, chipping away, or in, in maybe the analogy of, of planting a forest or a hemp field, it's not going to happen in a week. You got to, plant the seeds, you know, prepare the soil, put the seeds in the ground, let them sprout. And then those, you know, you got to get out there every day and water, which is that long-term strategy every day, getting up and watering and feeding those plants. And then, like you said, being true to yourself, which in our cases, you know, staying as organic as possible, as local as possible, as sustainable as possible, not polluting and, and honoring it, you know, being integrous with our, our word and following our word. So, those are awesome principles. I, I appreciate that. <clears throat> and uh, with just two minutes left, um, if there was 
something that you could share with our listeners that they could do today to, to make some sort of change in the world for the better for the cannabis plant and for the industrial hemp movement, what would you suggest that they could do today to, to make a difference? I would say consume cannabis. You know, I think our consumption uh, is our key to liberation. It's kind of like, uh, well, not in the same, but in the same kind of thing about Gandhi spinning our your own home cotton or whatever. Like, if we just used our own power daily, especially with eating hemp food, we would see the change in the world that we would desire. You heard it, folks, from Dion Markgraf. If you don't use it, you lose it. So let's start using <laughs> hemp more and integrate it into your daily lifestyle, whether you're eating it, wearing it, uh, you know, using plastics, whatever it is that, that you can do to integrate hemp into your lifestyle. We're here to empower your hemposphere. Dion, thank you so much for being on today's show. Hopefully we can have you on a future hemp episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hemp on. Right. Have a blessed day, everybody. Make it hempin. If you need anything hemp related, connect with us, 805 410 4367. It's an honor and a privilege to bring hemp education, hemp empowerment to your hemposphere. Go check out Hemp Aware Radio at hempaware.com forward slash radio. Uh, if you need, you know, ropes, twine, seeds, whatever it is hemp related, we're happy to integrate it into your projects, into your dreams and uh, make your hemp dreams come true. Make it a blessed day. This is your host, Tyler Hemp, checking off.